What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, healthy, alive, you know, cup of tea. Yeah. Wish I could say the same. I'm about to fall asleep. So <laughs> let's um, let's get a move on because we got a long day ahead of us. So we're back to COVID, right? We're, we're back to COVID. We got we got new COVID problems coming. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Second yeah. wave is the cold and flu season. That's that's what it's going to be. You see, now now you have to be locked down because of the flu. You notice you, you see how elegantly they've done this. Yeah. So I want to know something. Uh, uh-huh. you, people. OK, so you, you know, the problem with apartments and whatnot, you know how air is basically shared between apartments, you know, the, the so in other words, these airborne diseases, such as the flu or COVID-19, as they're telling us, is airborne, which actually spreads by spittle. But nonetheless, um, it, it wouldn't it be more dangerous to have everyone living in a 250 square foot domicile? Well, in, no. In a big apartment complex. You're talking about Agenda 2030. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be more dangerous for everybody because they're all living in the same domicile? Like, then you're just spreading disease like crazy. No. No? No, no. it'd be totally fine. Totally safe. Yeah, yes, yeah. because in order to live there, see, you're going to have to have all the vaccines and everything. So oh, you can say. Right, right. So the flu vaccine, which we've never been able to perfect, um, you'd be required to take one to be safe, even though you get the flu still with the flu vaccine. Not to no. mention the other problems that you would have is like rats and those kind of things. Like New York, you know how wonderful it is up there with the the wonderful pests. Yeah, yeah. well, see, New York, they, ha- they have an entire army of uh, public Department of Public Works dedicated to rodent control. The city of Baltimore, on the other hand, does not. Uh, and they've got <laughs> somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, what is it, like 30 million rats or something running around up there? Yeah, yeah, more rats than there are people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 a nightmare scenario there. And same thing that's going on out in the West Coast, like places like L.A., right? Skid Row, all those piles of garbage that we see out there. That's, that, I mean, this heaping piles of just trash down alleyways and parking lots and properties and stuff like that. They have no way to fight any kind of rodent control. I mean, and they don't have any money to even create something like that. So that's completely out of the question. But don't to your point money. about- you just do. Oh, you just do. Yeah, that's right. You just do. Yeah. But to your point about what, uh, what you should do as far as uh, a vaccine- well, see, this is going to be better than a flu vaccine. This is going to be better. See, they haven't been able to cure the flu. So now they're going to take a stab at curing the common cold because that's the basis of a uh, of this, this COVID-19 anyway, is a coronavirus, which is a common cold. So now they're going to take a stab at this. Now, if you can't cure the flu, what in the hell makes you think you're going to be able to cure the common cold? You're going to cure the common cold after 8,000 years? Just, just saying. <laughs> Well, for those that aren't aware or haven't been listening to us for a while, um, the common cold started out as a flu. A coronavirus is when you, when you have a new coronavirus and it's, oh, it's so bad and deadly. For example, COVID-19, we'll use that as an example. Um, it will mutate itself down. In other words, it'll retain its transmutability. It wants to spread. It wants to grow, right? But it doesn't want to kill the host because if you kill the host, then 
it can no longer spread. So basically, it'll mutate itself to be less deadly, if you will. And then it eventually mutates down to a cold. And that's basically what the common cold is now. It, it's a it's a essentially a coronavirus or really a cold, just basic cold symptoms can be triggered by coronaviruses, but it's it's other things as well. Um, but exactly, you know, to your point, they couldn't they couldn't cure the flu. So why do they think they're going to cure the common cold? Well, I don't think that they uh, I don't think they are. But if they can scare you into the fact that uh, they're going to shut everything down now because of the common cold, then that's what they're going to do. Let, let's say that COVID pretty much subsides, which I mean, it, look, we've never said that it isn't a real virus. We've never said that at all. And it is very, uh, very transmissible. So you should take the proper precautions. And I mean, it, it's harmless to some and it's deadly to others. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, but, but statistically, we're looking at numbers no worse than, than the seasonal flu. Statistically. Now, is the is the virus itself worse than the flu? To some people, it is. To some people, it is. To others, not. But statistically, the number of people that were losing less than the flu. So are we going to shut down everything now because of the common cold, because of the flu, these types of things? Someone sneezes, everyone turns their head now, right? Someone coughs that everyone looks at them like they're some kind of a uh, an outcast in society. This is how paranoid people have become. Schools are now being shut down for an extended period of time in places like Des Moines, Iowa. Is that correct? Yeah. So they're, some of them are still opening up, but they're not allowing things like sports, um, you know, swim teams, baseball, football, all that, you know, they're, they're not allowing those things because, you know, COVID-19, we're going to spread it amongst the kids and it's going to be a problem. They're going to bring it home to their parents and their grandparents and we're going to kill off all these, all these people. But, in you know, the, the, basically the governor is saying they're not going to reopen and the students are saying, no, we want to reopen. We want to go back to doing our sports. It's not really, it's not fair to them because, for example, what if you have someone there that's on a sports team that is capable of going to the Olympics or going professional and that's their dream, that's their goal. And because of this nonsense that you're doing with shutting everything down when they're the least vulnerable in, in, in society, you're going to shut it down and destroy their chances of you know getting a scholarship based on their sport or... Uh, potentially going into it professionally or, or, you know, as I said, the Olympics. And we're, we're okay with this. We're okay with destroying people's lives and futures because of a virus that's most deadly to people that are 78 years old. That's, by the way, that's the average of people that have died from COVID-19. When you take all the, the numbers, 78 is the age, the average age. So uh, why, why aren't we allowing the students to go in? And, and continuing life as normal. Sweden's not having this problem. Sweden didn't lock down, doesn't have a mask mandate. And you know what? They're not seeing a second wave. They're not seeing a spike because they have herd immunity, which, by the way, that's what vaccines are supposed to do. It brings us to herd immunity faster. That's the whole intent. It, it gives a modified virus or a weakened virus so that you don't actually get sick, right? Majority of the time you don't get sick. Sometimes you can still get sick from the virus that you're being injected with. Your body creates antibodies. And more or less, you become immune or highly resistant to diseases. And if most of the population is resistant to this disease, then it more or less effectively neutralizes it uh, in the populace. That's herd immunity. Um, so 
In other words, we should have been opening up. We should have um, protected the most vulnerable amongst us, but life should have continued as normal. But we've kind of established that it's not about that, is it? I mean, we, we know that that's right. kind of how they pitched it to us in the beginning, which was, look, we, we just we, we don't want the hospitals to become overrun. OK, all right. Now we're kind of stuck in that um, that trap, if you will. And we're trying to figure yeah. out how to get out of it. Now everything's turned into this um, th- this political thing. Now now that they've gotten everybody to um, do what they're told, and now that you still continue to have a large portion of the population that are compliant, uh, what are you supposed to do? And that most of them have been bought off too. On top of that, the extra paycheck incentives. I'm not talking about the Paycheck Protection Program for small businesses. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about uh, the fact that we were paying people $600 a week to sit at home and do nothing. So that that's not helping matters at all. You want people to go back to work? Cut that money off. Watch what happens. Also, the uh, the riots in the streets, that's not earning them any favors either. That's not earning them any favors either. And the ones that are in, uh, the, the ones that are in power, uh, they're not even coming out and having the decency to condemn what's going on in the streets. Instead, they're endorsing it. That's not helping matters at all. So it's it's not about a virus. It's about a flailing. The system is dying. That like the 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 old political system is dying. The old political establishment is dying. D- do you understand that we don't have to listen to these people? We do not have to listen to these people. We just for some whatever reason we are. And we don't have to listen to these people. We can go on about our lives and get back to the way things were if we ignore them. It's it's really that simple. They're going to come back with all kinds of nonsense. They're going to come back with the media. They're going to talk about how you're killing people. They're going to give you catastrophic numbers of people that are falling over dead somewhere. But it's everything that they have now to scramble onto whatever bit of power they have. They have to go full blown authoritarian at this point. They don't have a choice. They do not have a choice. But I'm getting too serious this morning. I don't want to get too serious this morning. But Joe Biden, Joe Biden's come out. I mean, talk about Talk about someone who cares, Bruce. You talk about someone who cares for the average person out there when it comes to COVID. This guy, that's all he does is care about people's health. That's all he does is care about uh, the, you know, the welfare of the country and, and everybody that's in it. Lunchbox Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Lunchbox Joe. He's he is he is the common man. Yeah, he, he is yeah. the common. Man. He is the working man. So he he's mm-hmm. out there and he's he's braving all this. He comes out of his basement, I think, once a year uh, and, and he goes out and he gives uh, he gives a statement somewhere about all this, which I think I just saw him on stage the other day. It was really pathetic watching him stand up there and try and explain something. He was talking about parts down the river or something. I don't know. And I'm serious. Like he's trying to explain something. And the poor guy is just sitting there like, well, he's trying to explain it. You know, the, the look on his face. And it's just he, he, the lights on, but nobody's home. Yeah. But Joe Biden has come out and he's made a claim that Trump could have avoided all the virus deaths. Well, he did everything that everyone told him to do, even though he didn't want to do it. So what more could he have done? He shut down all the flights. He closed down the businesses. He closed down the schools. He shut down all public events. Like, what else, what else do you want him to do? I, I would argue that he actually hasn't really even done that much. It's been the states. He delegated the power back to the states to deal with it. Do what you need to do. Do what you think is necessary. We will help you with whatever you ask for. But that's as far as we're going to go with it. He could have gone full blown authoritarian with it. He could have he could have locked down the entire country, which which is what they wanted him to do, wanted him to do. But he didn't do it. But for Biden to come out and make a claim like this, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is catching a lot of flack for saying during a during a town hall on CNN Thursday, which this is the one I was talking about, where he was talking about selling parts down the river. Uh, if President Donald Trump had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. 
all the people, I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. Look at the data. That was uh, that was his uh, his quote. So uh, you're trying to tell me. I tell you what. I'm just going to step back because I can tell you're clamoring at the bit over there. You're, I'm just going to step back. I'm going to lay this groundwork and then you can run with this. All those deaths in New York under your favorite governor was Trump's fault. Yeah, yeah, it was Trump's fault. It was his. It was his policy. Uh, not just New York, but also uh, I believe it was Michigan as well that did the same thing, and New Jersey. Um, they all did the same policy and sent in people that were positive with COVID back into the retirement homes. <laughs> You know, the people we were supposed to protect and but no, this was this is Trump's fault. He he did this. He's the one that in its instituted the policies, not to mention that the, the data does not support what um, what Biden's saying here. Right. There there is no data supporting. Yes, there have been deaths from covid. And you know what? Many of the deaths, as I said earlier, the average age is 78. They had majority of them had what was it? Two point six comorbidity, meaning they had two point six other diseases that would have killed them uh, by themselves when they died of COVID-19. So, and, and by the way, uh, comorbidity, uh, that's not limited to like cancer, diabetes, you know, th- those kind of things. It's also things like you were in a car accident and had blunt force trauma. Uh, that's also a comorbidity. But uh, all that aside, the, 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 the stuff we're hearing from Biden and other news agencies saying that the, the deaths are worse or they, they could have been fixed by by doing X, Y and Z. No, actually, um, if you look at the places that were shut down greater than other states, for example, South Dakota. Now, granted, the, the population density in South Dakota is less than some other states. Um, they've had fewer deaths and fewer uh, active cases. Um, and they haven't had to shut down everything. Same. You look at New York, look at New York and Texas. Texas has more or less been open. They have shut down, but more or less it hasn't been as strict as New York. They have a greater population and yet they have fewer cases. So no, uh, I, I'm sorry, Biden. Um, your, your, your information is completely wrong. And where is the media? Where is the media fact checking him? If Trump says something slightly askew, now it's not even that it's, it's skew. It's that He's being hyperbolic and explaining something. He's right, technically, but it's hyperbolic. So the media says it's wrong. Where is the media fact checking this one that is clearly wrong? There is no evidence supporting what he's talking about. Well, uh, to be fair, I can tell you where the media is. The media is jumping on the pig pile, if you will, uh, and they're doubling down. They're not fact checking. They're not uh, they're not giving any kind of. uh, pushback. They're not given any kind of uh, rebuttal or, or uh, coming out saying, uh, well, you know, you're wrong or or something like that. But the media, like I said, the media is doubling down. And one person in the media who's doubling down is Rachel Maddow. You know, the, the, the nice the nice popular lady that's on MSNBC right now. She's she's talking about how the the covid deaths, the death rate in the U.S. is actually 10 times higher than what the experts are saying. So not only is is someone who has the most popular show on MSNBC, not only is she not rebuking what is being said by the Biden camp and by Biden himself, but she's going a step further with it. So you ask, where's the media? Well, you would think that the most popular left wing cable news uh, network show host would possibly come out and maybe take the side of, oh, I don't know, uh, informing her viewers, possibly, maybe something. But no facts. Yeah, just the facts. Just the facts. Uh, One of MSNBC's most famous hosts is making the predictions using the U.S. coronavirus death rate or 
Yeah, using a U.S. coronavirus death rate around 3%, an estimate that is as much as 10 times higher than most experts say. Um, Rachel Maddow on Thursday argued that pursuing a herd immunity strategy for COVID-19 in the United States would result in millions upon millions of deaths throughout the country. So, no, we can't do that. So to arrive at those numbers, Maddow took the number of confirmed COVID-19 infections in the U.S., which is what she claimed was just over six and a half million, and compared it to the number of recorded deaths from the virus, which is around 200,000, concluding that the death rate from the disease was 2.9 percent and that pursuing herd immunity uh, countrywide would result in multiple millions of American deaths before the virus itself would burn out. Hmm. So she made okay. the claim that this is what Trump is aiming for, not Biden. Biden is strictly looking at uh, the science of things. and He's looking to shut everything down and have everyone stay at home, which, by the way, should I also mention that the virus um, survives better in a controlled climate? So basically air conditioning or heating, you know, in your home, virus sur- survives better uh, there than it does outside, for example. But let's let's look at um, Maddow's um, uh prediction there. So if she's right, okay, and it's 3%, okay, uh, there is, according to experts' estimations, because based on um, the the tests they've done, antibody tests that they've done, um, they're finding that uh, it's 22 times more people are infected than what's actually being shown. So we're, we're closing in on 70 million Americans have had COVID-19, all right? Um, if she's right, that means it's over 2 million people have died from COVID-19 if it's 3%. Which is not what we're supposed to have now, according to the early models, or was it 4 million? Uh, it's 2 million by July. Okay, so we are and coming up. Man, is it really the 20th of September already? It's <laughs> really the 20th. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that is That's crazy. Flying. It is flying. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I thought, honestly, Bruce, I thought it was just 14 days. I mean, <laughs> you know. Um, I know, right? Not yeah, 14 months. Not to, for not 14 months. Oh, no. No, it's going to be 14 years. You you watch. It's going to be 14 <laughs> At years. At this rate. Yeah. So, okay. She She's made that that prediction. Uh, come, come on. What, who, who is she working for Neil Ferguson now? Like, he's, he's the one that came up with those models calling, like, uh, I don't know, four and a half million dead by September or something, which I think that's what we should have now, right? Four, like four million something? Probably in that range, yeah. All right. I, I wasn't... Let, let's, let's jump off of COVID. I, I wasn't going to... Uh, I wasn't really going to talk about this one because this is a touchy subject and I'm really not quite sure how we're going to be able to deal with this one because there's climate change involved in this one. There's a lot of privilege involved in this one. There's a lot of, well, I mean, there's a lot of colonialism that's involved here. Um, and and I, I really don't know what we're going to do as the West in order in order to get past this. You know, I, I remember a couple of years ago, well, no, actually it was just last year, wasn't it? Where they, they came, there was a study that was put out by uh, a university somewhere, and they said that mowing your lawn would be akin to mass genocide. And, and I thought, what in the world are they talking about with mowing your lawn being akin to the mass genocide? And it's it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so ridiculous. And it was a study that was put out that says that plants have feelings or something, and when you do damage to one of them, they resonate at a different frequency. Or, or something to that effect. I'm not quite sure all the details of it, but I remember something to that effect was being uh, touted. And then, of course, obviously, if you go out and you mow your lawn, if you cut your grass, then 
I mean, or you, you know, tend to your garden, as they say here in the, on this side of the pond. If you do that, then, well, you're committing mass genocide against the plants because everything is it's a living being that you're cutting. But this is not akin to mass genocide, what they're talking about now. What they're talking about now is, and I'm trying to do this with a straight face because I'm not making this up. Mowing your lawn is now racist. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> what is not racist at this point? And they say that it's time to decolonize your lawn. So, um... <laughs> the traditional the article listen to this the the traditional lawn manicured verdant and under control now finds itself at the confluence of two hot button issues climate change and indigenous rights <laughs> so, so, so i'm not making this i swear i'm not making this up some environmentalists first nations leaders and even hobby gardeners are calling for a different approach to how we view and treat the ubiquitous urban green space. It is, they argue, a lasting symbol of how settlers appropriated indigenous land and culture. And the rigid Western ideal we have imposed continues to hurt the planet, and in turn, all of us. The lawn, or garden, as you say in, in, uh, in Europe, some go as far to say needs to be decolonized. So how do you decolonize it? Do you just like not have any grass at all or you let weeds grow up in your grass? I mean, we I'm have problems with like cockleburrs around here. You know what those are, right? The little little yeah. stickers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, are we supposed to just let those grow up in our poison ivy? All that stuff? Poison oak? I'm guessing they want everything to be overgrown and, and a mess and then like we're, we're supposed to be under 2030, we're supposed to be herded up into plastic cities. We're, yeah. we're not supposed to be messing with any of this stuff. And so um, everything in the plastic cities are going to be tracked, regulated and controlled. But all of this, everything, <laughs> this is complete nonsense. Everything that relates to this is about destroying everything Western. When I say everything Western has to go, everything has to go. All of it. I don't think people really grasp the the uh, the weight of that, per se. If you think that they're just going to come after your baseball, if you think they're just going to come after your football, you're sadly mistaken. They have to absolutely, and I've said this before, they have to bulldoze everything that we know. Everything. And that includes mowing your lawn. I really, I don't even know what to say to that, but... How that's got anything to do with indigenous rights? Some some crackpot academic wrote that, uh, and and that's that's how it's being declared. And uh, you know something, drop dead. That's that's all I can say. I'm sorry. You know, just hop on a plane and, and go to North Korea. That's all I can tell you. All right, we are going to have to jump out of here this morning, Bruce. Uh, we are out of time. You got any final thoughts on decolonizing your lawn? <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I'll take a stand here and say, um, if you live in the South, right? And you have landscapers come and do your 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 uh, lawn for you, um, especially in the southern states. Um, a lot of times it's uh, Mexican immigrants. So I guess that's that's part of colonizing, right? So we should you know just let our lawns go because they're you know giving jobs to immigrants who are not natives. So I don't know, man. This is this is getting insane. This is this is the stuff that Michelle Obama was talking about. How we have to destroy the the culture, the the traditions and history. Basically, we have to re rewrite it and change it. It's all got to go. This is this is it. Got to change our history. Got to change our traditions. Got to change our conversations. We got to yeah, move into a different yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cut your lawn. <laughs> that's all I can say. Don't cut your lawn. All right. Um, thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.